To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. No, I probably had COVID like 74 times. I have no clue and I don't care. Everybody likes Blanche. Because Blanche was a pig who took it. Did you smell your poop? Did you learn anything? Did you read about the dog story? is my ex-girlfriend who I despise calling me? A lot to blame on the news. It's a lot to blame on Anthony Fauci, that Italian leprechaun. Almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go yourself. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here again from the Spare Park Studio. Like, subscribe, share, donate, PositiveSarcasm.com, slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Pay no attention to the giant block of driftwood behind me. My sister asked for some wood from the seacoast. Six and a half feet ought to do it. You should see me carrying this thing across the beach. Anyways, find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, Facebook.com, slash POS sarcasm. If you want to contact me with questions, concerns, comments, go to positivesarcasm.com and hit the contact section there. You can also find my affiliate link for the Weeble app. Deposit money, you'll get free stocks. I'll get free stocks. It's a great way of supporting this podcast. Of course, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. That one works too. Uh, if you want to go that route, if you want to email me directly for anything such as posing music requests for a fitness, uh, fitness competition or uh, wedding video stuff or video editing or audio editing or just questions or concerns or re- requests, whatever in general, you can email me directly positive sarcasm at outlook.com. We begin today's podcast with people in Texas who don't know how to drive. This is this is every day, by the way, for us in New Hampshire during the winter time. These, I see plenty of cars. Like eighty percent of these cars should have no problem, including that that freaking camera, the Camry that that no quad ass bitch is trying to push. That Dodge Charger should have no problem going through the, that what a quarter of an inch of snow. That Camry should have no problem. That Jeep Grand Cherokee should have problem. That Tesla that weighs 72,000 pounds should have no problem. That Dodge Ram 1500 should have no problem. That Audi, white Audi in front should have no problem whatsoever. None of these cars, that GMC Arcadia that's spinning out for some stupid reason should have no problem. All these cars right here should have no problem getting through any of this. I don't know if you can teach a course like this or whatnot, but it just looks like... As soon as a little bit of snow falls, everybody just falls apart and the world shuts down. And this is what? This is uh, the exit to Fort Worth, Texas, so just the side of Dallas. I mean, I'm looking at this, I go, this is an easily solvable problem. I can I can terrain all of this in my 25-year-old freaking Lincoln and have no issues. Seriously. I don't, I don't understand what the problem is here. This is on Reunion Boulevard, Commerce Street, which is a half mile out. That's that's silly. Well, anyways, I figured I'd share that. Figured I'd share that with you folks, just to brighten or worsen your day. Anyways, moving on. Um, we've been. Let me move out of this for real quick. There we go. But if you have any questions, concerns, comments, you can email me in my uh, through my website or directly positive sarcasm at outlook.com. 
I wanted to, we keep an eye on inflation and prices in general for you folks looking to spend or needing to spend and not really having to spend. Um, because there's a lot of things, I mean, obviously in the past year, there's been a lot of prices that have gone up, that have prices that have gone down, um, people complaining. And plus there's political muscle, you know, trying to appease or uh, use it for gain, political gain. Like I saw an Instagram post where a woman bought like three or four things at the grocery store. She claimed it was like $80. I'm like, hold on a second here. Just hold the phone, okay? The, the, an $80 bill, I have not seen personally. I've not seen an $80 grocery bill, and I shop like twice a week because I just I'm, – I'm a consumer at the end of the day. I just – I can't help myself but just want to dive into those – those that goodwill savings or that ocean state job lot savings or uh, you know the grocery store save i can't help it and it's not all, it's not hard for me to do so my thoughts are all right what's separate the bullshit from the real shit what is actually up and whether or not you need it what is actually down and whether or not you need it so we'll start with two different categories we'll start with what you actually don't need really per se right now and what you actually do need and basically the items that you don't need are down and hey i can stop the podcast right now everything that you don't need down everything that you do need up good night folks but we're gonna i'm going to give you examples of exactly what i'm talking about so if you were let's just say you wanted to buy a vehicle, like a point A to point B front wheel drive vehicle to get you from work. Didn't matter. It just needs to have four wheels. It's in really good shape. It's got low miles and you need to get to work. Okay. I have an, I have a solution for, I have a couple actually. This is a 2002 Chevy Cavalier with 50,000 miles. This is one of the more reliable vehicles when I was a little bit younger. These Chevy Cavaliers were the most reliable cars you could buy. They were extremely good on gas. And when they introduced the twin cam four cylinders, they were even more reliable on gas. Their transmissions were great. They lasted a very long time. My Chevy Cavalier went 200,000 miles. The only reason it died is because I was young and stupid. Um, that's the only reason it ended up on its way out. I would have kept. I would have been able to keep driving it, to be perfectly honest with you. But sadly, that wasn't the case. But this is one example. Something simple. You don't need to go crazy on it. You can make adjustments to it. It's clean. It'll pass inspection, no problem. If you do needed parts for it, parts for parts are cheap. We can show you later. Like for example, parts for uh, you know catalytic converters, which are being stolen right now. They're the same price they were um, for at least my cars. For my cars, you can get them for about a hundred something bucks, um, and that's it. A couple hours worth of work, and they're done. So, and then you can get them in many different varieties. So. Catalytic converters, I don't know if it's worth the, uh, it's not worth paying the price of going to prison to chop these things off. At least not for my vehicles, they're not. And my cars take two of them. So to get a car, if you just needed a simple car to get to work and you had, you could literally take a personal loan out, not tell anybody. And the next thing you know, boom, you've got a, you've got a car for 2,500 bucks here. And this is a great, this is a car. This car's clean. It's front wheel drive. It's good on gas. It'll get you where you need to go. It's perfect. 50,000 miles. Another example, if you wanted to step it up, you know, like, I don't want that car. It's got nothing to it. All right, fine. Let's go up a little bit in game here. Let's get, let's get, let's get real fucking sexy then. 
Let's get a big boat that you can take everybody from place to place. This is a 2005 Lincoln Town Car, black on black on chrome, okay? This thing's got 83,000 miles, all right? It's all cleaned up. It's got an excellent interior, all leathered out, 4.6 liter single overhead cam V8 that will get that actually gets very good miles per gallon. Uh, rear wheel drive. This thing is hot as shit. 83,000 miles, $4,900. You could probably he'll probably take 4,500 cash. So for 4,500 bucks, you've got a sweet car that takes a lot of American or or Mexican or Chinese parts or cheap parts in general that also um, are modular so they are you were able to they're in stock a lot for other cars and they fit on these perfectly and they're easily moddable and they're very reliable these are New York City taxi cabs they go 200,000 miles no problem so you could be rolling on actually is that missing something I think that is oh no oh no no okay so we only put them on the front see here's a problem here when you have these wheel wells these chrome wheel wells in the front you see that shit those are supposed to be in the back as well. So what I would do is for like $50, you can buy the rear ones and pop those on the back, and then you're good to go. Those rims are not that great, though. Prefer the chromies. That's what I think. But that car is in excellent shape. I would, there's, I'd probably find very little wrong with that car. Might have been a drug car, but who cares? For $4,500, so I gave you two options of excellent commuter cars, whether you want something big or you want something smaller. Um, if you're willing to go a little bit older, you're not going to spend any money. Some people are spending 20, 30, 40 grand on used cars. Fucking ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. Absolutely unnecessary to do so at this point in time. But do you need to buy a commuter car right now? You probably don't. I bet you the car you have right now probably works just fine. And for a few minor repairs, you'd be okay. Let's drive Volkswagen. Moving on other shit you don't need so I'm telling basically what I'm showing you is prices that have stayed essentially the same over the past few years I mean are they've gummed down back to where they were um, this is a 34 inch curved screen monitor when these things came out they were like four five hundred dollars um, this is a certified refurb which is pushing the prices down on the brand new ones but you can get curved ones now um, for around $300. If you look hard enough, maybe sub 300. This is an Acer, Acer Nitro gaming curved monitor. If you want a flat 32 inch, you can spend between 200 and 250 bucks for a flat screen 32 inch widescreen monitor. So these things that you don't need, once again, with 30 day returns, a little bit of warranty on there to you know satisfy your purchasing power, these items are cheap. These items are pre-2020 prices and these things didn't even exist in 2020 other things such as so we talked about commuter vehicles don't need one but prices on them are down we talked about uh computers let's, we're talking about computers let's continue on with that thing if you wanted to get a cheap computer you can get a fully functional mobile laptop for under $200. Hell, there's a coupon out right now for this Dell Latitude 7280, which has got a 6th Gen i5 in it, 8 gigs of RAM, an SSD drive. It's in very good condition. This is through the Dell refurbished website. There's a, an extra $10 off on this thing. So you can get this fully functioning laptop that'll run internet, it'll run Teams, it'll run your Office-based database uh, software, it'll run all the, all the Office, um, the entire Office suite, Adobe Premiere, not Adobe Premiere, excuse me, Adobe PDF, you know that program 
all of that for $179. A fully functioning computer that you can throw in the go, which has probably got a very good battery on it. For, and look, here's another one that's even cheaper. But you can get this entire, this, this is probably a nice computer that does a lot, HDMI, USB, 12 and a half inch screen, 1080p, resolution, you can get it for $179. Here's another one, here's this one actually, right here, it's got a little bit smaller of a hard drive on it, but it's still an SSD with a, with a seventh gen Intel i5 processor. And so it's got eight gigs of RAM, but you can also increase the memory. So it's got two, um, two four gig sticks, which means that you can up that, I believe, if this machine will, I'm actually not sure if it'll take that, but integrated video graphics card, 1080 screen, backlit keyboard, webcam included, Office 365, wireless, blah, 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 blah. I mean, an excellent little machine for $160. And you can get a warranty on it too for a year if you wanted. So there's a lot that you can do here for next to nothing. So if you have to go get another computer because you threw all yours out the window for some reason, 170 bucks, 150 bucks, maybe if you find a coupon, you're out the door. Perfect. What else has is down in price? Because over the years, first of all, as far as computers go, there's so many upgrades in chips, 4th gen, 5th gen, 6th gen, 7th gen, 8th gen, 9th gen, 10th. We're up to like the 12th gen of Intel core processors. So there's so many, and there's so many other companies that are just pushing this shit out the door, integrating integrating chipsets and things like that. That There's still a bunch of stuff out there that's for sale that nobody's purchased. That's, a lot of stuff's being seller refurbished, manufacturer refurbished, open box, never purchased, just sitting out there that you can buy. So the value on these things have gone down, you could set up an entire office for next to no money. Now, do you need, do once again, do you need commuter wheels? No. Do you need a computer right now? No. The prices are down. There you go. What else? Well, things that I normally buy, that I, when I uh, get a, a, an expanded studio, I will create a lab and get back to making coffee and peanut butter and other things like that. But these are importable goods, goods that require shipping. So this is Columbia Excelsior. This is green coffee. Everybody says the price of coffee is going up and we're running out of coffee. $5.21 per pound for 25 pounds of premium Excelsior Columbia coffee. Excellent coffee. 20 minutes in the popcorn in the popcorn maker. And the next thing you know, you've got delicious home roasted coffee. The price of coffee is exactly the same Maybe a little bit more in some, depending upon what you're purchasing, but for the most part, it's right where it was when I was originally purchasing it when I was started making coffee for myself. So, and there's many different brands, and this is highly rated. They they give you all the varieties about it. It's an excellent, and it's all produced by smallholder farmers. This is some of the best coffee that you can purchase out there, with the exception of like you know, a uh, Costa Rican Peaberry or Jamaican Blue Mountain but the prices are still gone down and you can buy large amounts of it. So bulk foods, I have other examples of bulk foods where the prices are prior to 2020. Um, what is this? That's a catalytic converter. We don't want to see that. So let me close out that. Once again, catalytic converter, cheap. Uh, here we go. Other bulk foods that I used to purchase prior to 2020. Five pounds of semi-sweet dark chocolate chunks. And chocolate is definitely blood diamond type stuff. It has to be sourced responsibly and respectfully. It requires processing. This is five pounds of excellent, excellent chocolate that I used to purchase all the time for my trail mix. Five pounds of Breda semi-sweet dark chocolate chunks. 
I mean, this stuff is remarkable. It's super delicious. Um, this is five pounds of it through Baker's Authority. Baker's Authority, if you're looking for sweeteners or chocolates or peanut butter dots or whatever, uh, restaurant equipment, this bakersauthority.com is a place you want to go to check out this stuff. But this is five pounds of excellent, excellent chocolate. The price is still just over 20 bucks, just like it was several years ago before this whole thing happened. And it's right across the border. This is delicious chocolate. Five pounds of it. Five pounds of chocolate. Delicious, excellent quality chocolate. Spec sheet on it. Um, semi-sweet, typical unsweetened process with alkali, cocoa butter, milk fat, a little bit of soy lecithin, obviously. With a, It's an emulsifier, natural vanilla extract. Look, moisture, total fat content. I mean, this stuff is very, 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 very high quality stuff here with a lot of specifications. Still just 20 bucks, $24, excuse me. So really, bulk pricing gone down. There was one more item here. Oh, I used to buy peanuts all the time. Once again, peanuts, they changed. Uh, these ones I originally get were from Argentina. These are from probably like the Carolinas. These are a product of the USA now, so they're gonna have more of a circus peanutty type of taste. These are the same ones, essentially the same type of thing I would purchase. 30 pounds, oil roasted. They just come with a, they just come oil roasted with salt. That's it. $38 plus shipping. It's a buck 28 a pound. I think I used to pay a dollar 46. So they might be even cheaper now that they're in the United States. But still, a dollar 28 a pound for 38 pounds. You're paying next to nothing for a bulk food. And this is and peanuts. You know, it's one of the cheapest nuts, quote, nuts. It's actually not a nut, but that you can purchase. So you can, I mean, purchasing bulk chocolate, purchasing bulk coffee, purchasing bulk peanuts, bulk nuts, bulk products, cheap, still cheap. My grocery shopping, like I said, hasn't gone up in price for me. I mean, I, I do, don't get me wrong, I don't just walk into a freaking a Costco or a, 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 a you know a, a BJ's wholesale club or whatever, and just start you know pack. Buy, I mean, I don't do that. That's not. I don't think I'm getting the value of what I'm looking for. Um, but I'm not overpaying for steaks right now. I'm not overpaying for chicken. I'm not overpaying for pork. Uh, eggs. I know eggs have gone up a little bit in price, but I'm still paying under four dollars. I'm paying around three something for eggs. So they're about a dollar off from where they should be, but. For the most part, I'm not paying ridiculous amounts, and I'm and that is par for the course. I know broccoli is still up like a bit, about 50 cents on the package, so these items I do understand, but I'm not losing my shit over the amount of money I'm spending on food. Not even close. Not even close. So these items that I purchase when I walk to the grocery store, I'm not losing my shit over the prices. I'm still having very good success, very enjoyable success in the things I'm purchasing. Then I have no problems there. So I don't know what people are complaining about. Now we're still in items, however, we are still in items that we don't necessarily need to purchase, okay? Computers, monitors, cars, used cars, used commuter cars, be more specific, monitors, coffee, uh, uh, chocolate, nuts, bulk foods, things we don't need. Here's another thing we don't need. A Tissot automatic anthracite dial men's watch. Now, generally when you were buying a Swiss watch or a Swiss movement watch, 
the price um, prices go up. So this is a Swiss quartz watch. If you're buying like a Tassot, can generally cost you between 100 and uh, $200. Now, if you start getting things like Frederic Constant, you're going to be spending maybe 250 to 300, 400, $500 for your standard Swiss quartz watch. Swiss quartz means it's got a Swiss movement um, that has a battery. It's operated by a battery. So generally, you can get those for only a couple hundred bucks. And if you shop really well, you can get them for about $100, $119. But this is different. We're talking about a Tissot, uh, which is owned by Swatch. This has got, and it has the, it has the sapphire crystal uh, movement. It's got the leather band. It's got a beautiful 41 millimeter casing. It's, I mean, it's gorgeous. That is a beautiful freaking watch. Um, oof, I gotta, I gotta eventually click out of this because I want to buy this goddamn thing. But this is not Swiss quartz. This is Swiss automatic. So on top of everything else, it's got an automatic movement, which is basically wrist activated, that you don't need to get a battery for. Generally, when these when these watches are out, you're going to be spending a few hundred. You're going to be spending a hundred dollars more, two hundred dollars more, three hundred dollars more just on the movement. But the fact that you get the sapphire crystal face, you get the Swiss made label, you get the leather, you get the beautiful craftsmanship of this watch in general. And this is not a 38 millimeter. This is 41. This is perfect for any occasion, casual or dress. But you also get the quality and the reliability of the many different parts that, compi that compile of a automatic movement from a Swiss watchmaker. That's fantastic. And you're getting it probably with a coupon there for around for like $10. You can get this perfect watch. This perfect, in my opinion, the perfect watch for $179. Swiss everything. This is fantastic. This is a beautiful watch. Uh, I gotta get a, it's, I mean, that's a, that is, that's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Fixed rose gold on a PVD bezel, anthracite dial with rose gold to the hands. Arab, I mean, it's fantastic. What's that case size? 41 millimeter? Oh, still my heart. Engine, Powermatic 80.1, 80.111 automatic movement for all you watch dorks out there. But then again, do you need this item? No, you don't. At the end of the day, you can tell time on your phone or with the watch that you already have. So, like I said, things you don't need, therefore the price is down. What else? Well, there is one other item uh, that that you would expect prices to be down on or expect prices to be up on, and that's concert tickets. One of the hottest uh, metal groups circling the uh, circling the globe right now about to just start circling the globe is electric cowboy formerly eskimo cowboy they are on tour and they're doing a u.s tour right now they're seat there and they're filling 1,000 2,000 3,000 seat venues right now no problem <clears throat> entire world tour i just got two tickets for 32 dollars and Ticketmaster only screwed me like another 18 bucks Per, uh, not per ticket total, because you know Ticketmaster and a bunch of freaking assholes over there with their processing fees. But per ticket to go see a, a, a very popular band, a very new band, in a larger in a larger venue, in a very expensive city, for thirty-two dollars a ticket. That's nothing. Plus thirty-two dollars a ticket plus fees. Put that make that perfectly clear. So that's all cheap. These are all items that are part of my daily consumption as a human being that are still cheap. Computers, apparel, bulk foods, 
tickets to shows, commuter cars, all cheap stuff, doesn't break the bank. I mean, this is fantastic if you want to be a consumer. I mean, shoe prices are dirt cheap right now, and you don't have to buy shit from China. You can look under the label. You can see that they were made in other countries such as India or South America or Central America or, or you know, in Vietnam, wherever. At the end of the day, you're not buy, you don't have to necessarily buy from China, and you can still save a ton of money. You can build up entire collections and have those niceties in life without blowing your bank. Now, those are the things that at this time are not expensive at all. And they're not expensive. They're just cheap. However, there are the things that you do need and their prices have gone up. Now, as far as like rent in my situation, uh, rent for me is not expensive. Rent for me is very, very, very cheap, um, which is great. It, it is allowing me to do these things and to save up for other things. But let's not kid ourselves. There are things absolutely that are expensive right now. Okay. Perfect example. Um, fuel prices right now, I know they're not $5 a gallon right now, at least for me. And don't kid yourself. I was driving my Lincoln around with $5 a gallon, $5 per gallon, my Mustang, $5 per gallon of gas, mid-grade and premium. Okay. I was driving around like, like that when that was happening. But I, I'm like, whatever. You just do. You drive through it. Um. What we're seeing right now, you know, prior to 2020, prices were around two something a gallon, 240 a gallon. I have the picture to prove it. Uh, but right now, what we're seeing, this is a general search of an area that's highly populated as far as like, you know, folks who come up here from mass, new people moving in, new new construction, good quality real estate in a nice area. Um with a lot of traffic going through it, 328 a gallon, 336, 340, 318. So we're still about roughly 80 cents on the dollar up from where we were. So the inflation is still there. Okay, that money is still there. Uh, towards the seacoast, you're around the same price. And then, of course, when you get to the actual seacoast, like in Portsmouth, it goes up closer to like $4 a gallon for me. But then again, I don't buy gas in Portsmouth because I'm not a fucking idiot. So... Oil, gas, and energy in general are up. It's going to take – these are things that take longer to come down simply because these other items, there is a lot of them in stock. They need to move product in order to save cash. So commuter cars, there's a lot of them. Price has gone down. Computers and monitors and other computer electronic accessories, prices have gone down. I mean, so people don't need them. Price has gone down. Apparel. A lot of apparel out there, plenty in stock, prices have gone down. Bulk foods, plenty in stock, prices have gone down. Tickets for shows, plenty of them, prices have gone down. Gas. Gas is one of those things that's used daily. It's starting to come down, but it's going to take longer because there's an entire machine behind it at this time. It will take longer to come down. They've actually started going up, though, so keep that in mind. Other items. Another slow, well, another slow moving thing is generally services. If you're having your oil changed or you're going out to eat at a restaurant or things like that, um, those prices, the call for services have gone up 30% in a lot of situations. So it, whether it's public safety stuff or uh, auto service work, your prices have gone up. And they're going to stay up, I think, probably per, uh, for the long term. I don't, I'm, I don't see a turnaround in that anytime soon if at all i think that's a fixture now which is a problem um 
which you may can see a consolidation of service companies significantly due to the fact that they maybe can't compete or people aren't just wanting to buy from them. Um, so that's another issue that, and once there's more consolidation of that, that price is fixed. That's where it stays. And once, and for these larger services, those are contract related where, uh, that's going to already be budgeted in, in the long term, which will drive up taxes. And then that'll be the fixture. What else is obviously now commuter cars are cheap. They just are commercial vehicles are not the price of towing rigs. The price of four by fours have gone up significantly. We're talking, you know, if you wanted a truck for two with 200,000 miles on it, you're probably going to pay 15, 20 grand. You want something, you want something cheaper. You want something with actual less mileage that you can rely on. You're going to be spending fucking lots and lots of money. We're talking 20, 30, $40,000 for a reliable four by four. Um, diesel, same thing. Commercial vehicles, they're going up uh, 20% simply because they're new and they get used a lot. So you're gonna, you're, you're, dri you're driving a tow rig, you're driving a service rig, you spent, a, um, you had 100,000 miles, you have to get rid of it. You gotta get in something more reliable. Well, you gotta flip that thing over every two years price is going to go up easily by you know 15 20 30 thousand dollars because these items have to be reliable you can't break down in a tow rig it's the whole point of the thing um, you can't break down in a service rig so you have to constantly buy new shit the need for these items is there therefore you're going to pay the premium in order to keep that thing on the street so four by four commercial vehicles things that you actually rely on if you need them the price has gone up so oil, gas, energy, charging your Tesla, fueling your Jeep, uh, driving your rig, prices have gone up. Services, obviously, prices gone up. And of course, that final thing, that slowest moving beast of all, real estate. This is in a town called Epping. This is a nice little town within 20 minutes of the seacoast, within 25 minutes of Portsmouth, or you know, 30 minutes of some of the smaller, uh, some of the smaller cities in New Hampshire. This is $415,000. This is a four bedroom, two bathroom, 1,700 square feet, nice family home um, with forced air and oil. 415 grand. There'll probably be at least 10 offers on this house, and it will sell for that. Here's the thing, though. Check out this freaking tax assessed price prior to 2020. Prior to 2020, this thing was tax assessed at 220 grand. $220,000 with $5,000 in property taxes and then jumps up almost 100%, literally doubles in price. I mean, went down for a little bit and then shot up in a very nice area. They know the value is there for that house. They know it'll be purchased. They know the price is there. They'll get that for sure. Four and 15 grand for a, for a family of three or a family of four, that house will go. That's everything that a family needs. Therefore, they're willing to pay the premium on it. I mean, it looks like there's a lot of updates to it. It's a very nice house. It may sell for more than that. That may go up for 425. It may go to 450. I know even though interest rates are still up right now, um, this house will still sell and it'll sell fairly well. The thing is, is even though we have an industry, uh, we have a lot of real estate in the area, the prices haven't gone down. There, it's not. I would. I wouldn't call it slim pickings. But the fact is, is prices here because everybody's wanting to come here to escape other places. The prices have still gone through the roof. Everybody's moving to places like Dover. 
and and the seacoast and to Exeter and all these other places. I mean, for stupid examples, you can get some of these little uh, these these little you know next to nothing mobile home parks with these little houses on them under a thousand square feet. People are paying 250 grand for these things, or at least they're priced like that. That's insanity. That's a small home about 20 minutes north, but they're paying 250. They're asking 250 for that shit. That's fucking out of control. And with mobile home units, it's not the the real estate uh, factor is completely different. So you are with a mobile home, you're not paying the five percent interest. You're paying a different type of interest rate, generally very high. And it's, a, and it's a forced 10% down. You have to have 10% down in order to purchase this product. That's how it, that's how it is. And you don't get to go through your lender. You have to go through a, a modular mobile home type lender. It's a completely different process, completely different qualifications. Totally different. And, of course, you have HOA rules, mobile home park rules, and other things you have to follow. And you're, at the end of the day, 250 grand. So... There is plenty of per, there is plenty of uh, places you can pick from, but the new constructions are insane. They're double the prices of older constructions, so you're gonna pay you're gonna pay a shitload. You want to live near the seacoast? I mean, the new constructions are going between seven hundred and eight hundred thousand dollars right now. So if you don't have to buy right now, then for the love of God, don't do it. But the problem is, is that it takes it can take a year or many many years for these prices to turn around. I don't know when they will. You have to have, remember, you have to have significant job loss in order for real estate prices to come down. You have to do that. It's a slow, slow turnaround. It's one of the slowest things to actually turn around in a recessive market, which we are in. So these things that you absolutely need, a place to live, fuel to run your car, services to keep your shit running, and you know commercial vehicles that do the services, they're all still up in price right now. And I'll be honest with you, I when the, they're only going to come down when the demand is down, and I don't know when that's going to be. I do see it starting to turn around in 2024, but I think it's going to take many more years after that, or it may never, but I don't know for sure. But these, there is a truth, there is truth to costs being up significantly, and there is truth to costs being down significantly. It just depends on how you're looking on it, how you're looking at it, and if you actually need it. There, there's validity in their talk, but there's a lot of lies in what they say. Prices aren't up on everything, but the prices are up on a lot of the things you need. But remember, you only need one car. You only need one place to fuel it up. You only need a few types of services. You don't need your Netflix or Amazon Prime and all that stuff. Not those types of services. You don't need that shit. You only need one house. So if you are able to really cut down on the prices of, of things that you don't need, you'll be able to save on the things that you do need and save up for the things that you do need. Okay? So that's the whole point of all this. You're going to pay a premium for the things you want. You shouldn't have to pay a premium for the things you don't need. Anyways, we are at 34 minutes. Let's go ahead and close up shop with some with a full dig Q&A, and then we'll get out of here on this uh, late on this early Sunday morning. By the way, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Mm. Sorry, I haven't done a Q&A in a while. Let's go ahead and see if we can fix other people's problems. Where are we? 
Let's go close out of that. Let's close out of that. Let's close out of that. That, 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 and that's open. Here we go. Are my granddaughters, are my teenage granddaughters just being nice to me because they're trying to get their hands on my Beanie Baby collection? I'm a retired woman living in the northern U.S. Who gives a shit? I find joy in the simplest things in life. Taking walks around my property and collecting things like Beanie Babies, some of which are rather valuable. This is where the problem lies. I have two granddaughters, both in their late teens, who come over from time to time whenever their parents force them. They eye my collection instead of seeing simple collectibles. I'm afraid they are just seeing dollar signs. When their parents started making them visit me, they were rather reluctant, having an attitude towards me, shutting themselves in my guest room and burying themselves in, my, in their cell phones. However, when they finally took note of my Beanie Baby collection, things changed. Now, when they visit, they are far more cheerful, engaging me in pleasant conversation and helping me around the house. One time, they even brought a friend along to look at my collection. I would like to believe that they are simply maturing in their characters, but a small part of me is afraid that they are only being nice to get at my collection. I would like to give them the benefit of the doubt. Am I being too naive? Well, that's a good question. Does it really matter? I mean, uh, if they're being around, I mean, how big is this collection? How ridiculous is this collection? I mean, if you had a collection worth lots and lots and lots of money, then what do we, of course, they're, they're going to be interested in it. They want to know. They see the dollar signs. If they're being nice to you, who gives a shit? If you don't, you want your granddaughters being nice to you, first of all. And when you're dead, who gives a shit? If you're dead, nobody, you can't take your Beanie Babies with you unless they're putting them in your coffin. So you can write that into your will. And if you don't like the little shits, then fine. Don't give, don't allow it in the wills. Give them off to charity. Give them off to an organization that helps the needy or something like that. I don't know. But we can't take this shit with us when we're dead. So it's up to you to decide now what you want to do with it. I mean, yeah, if they're going to sell it off, they're going to sell it off. I don't know what their plans are for it. Do you think they're going to give it to their kids? Do you think their kids are going to give a shit? No, they're going to be playing on their fucking iPods. I don't think it really matters. You can't take this stuff with you when you're dead, so what really does it matter? Put it in the will what you want done with it and be done with it. You're going to die soon. Move on. Let's get to the next one. Ooh. I'm in, a, I'm in college living in a double dorm room with a close friend. Her birthday was last week, and I organized a surprise party for her that went about as badly as humanly possible, and I don't know what to do about it. Well, you're writing about it. I knew that she was going out to dinner with her parents, when, and she told me she expected to be back around 9 p.m. I pretended I might be out and about with friends, and I told her to text her, told her to text on her way back in case she wanted to join us. A group of about 10 of us gathered at a friend's room down the hall to get everything ready. She texted she was going to stop at our room, but then might come out. Perfect. We all went into the room, head into the beds and the desks, and basically just crammed wherever that turned out the lights. A couple minutes later, the door opens, the lights turn on, and before we can even jump out, she drops the towel around her. Oh, Jesus. She's completely naked as we all jump out. Hmm. Somebody, that's definitely a surprise party. Apparently, she was already back when she texted me and was showering when we got into position. She burst out crying and started screaming at me, and we all just awkwardly left. She still won't really talk to me, but despite my many apologies, and I can't really blame her. Is there anything I can do to make up for this? I want my friend back, but I am scared I've ruined her for good. Well, you might have. Well, you you, you got to be... It, it was a really horrible mistake. You were trying to do a good thing, and it really went south quickly. 
I mean, she's in college, obviously, so everybody's already seen her giblets. So what the hell does it matter? Uh, but the fact being is you made a mistake. Uh, I mean, it definitely was a surprise, so congratulations on that. Will she get over it? She might. But if she refuses to talk to you and doesn't want to be around you and so on and so forth, I think what you can do is the one thing you can do is basically just uh, ask her if you should move out. Not her, because technically it was your mistake, not hers. So at the end of the day, if she doesn't want you around because they don't want to talk to you, blah, 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 because, you know, everybody, blah, 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 then just respect her decision and leave. Pack your shit, get out, go move to another dorm room, and let her be. And that's it. And just apologize, say you're sorry, pack your shit, get out, call it good. That's all you really can do in this scenario. Maybe she'll forgive you. Maybe she won't. Let's move on to the next one. What should I do after a guy I've aggressively pursued asked me to give him some space? That answers its own question. I'm a 32-year-old single woman facing a predicament. <laughs> You're getting older. I've been friends with a guy named Stan for a few months, though we haven't actually talked in over a month now. We were acquainted in high school, but we haven't. But we lost touch after a short while. Stan and I went on a couple of dates, and I thought things were going well, but then he asked me... Then he asked if we could just be friends. If we hadn't almost hooked up, I would have been fine with this. But because I thought he was still interested in me as more than a friend, it took me by surprise, but I agreed to it. Well, you didn't fuck, so there you go. We almost hooked up. Did you, like, slob his dong? You know, did you break that? Did you breach the peace? Um, we continued to talk and hung around once more. However, I had expressed, I expressed my feelings for him a total of three times, and the third time he came close to blocking me. Okay, did he say no the first two times? Stan made it very clear to me that he doesn't reciprocate my feelings, though when we first started talking as friends, I had been optimistic that eventually we could be more than that. The two times I messaged him since, he left me unread, though he sporadically watches my Instagram stories. You don't, don't go down that road. Don't go down that road. There's nothing there. He's explained that he's not ready for a relationship, yet I've noticed that he follows numerous women, numerous women and he's on a dating app. That's... You don't want to go into that either. That's he's obviously not he's not ready for a relationship with you. He doesn't want to be in a relationship with you. That's why he's not having sex with you. He's not stringing you along. He constantly he's said to you multiple times he doesn't want to date you. He's also mentioned that he's experiencing family issues. Uh, he's trying to let you down easy. But because we've only known each other for a few months, I felt that it was too personal of a subject for me to provide input on. I'm afraid to initiate a conversation with him because I don't want to risk arguing and possibly consequentially losing a friend. You already have. But at the same time, I feel like he's hiding some things from me. I'd like to let him know that he can trust me. You're just trying to get in his pants. But it remains unclear to me as whether I can trust him or not. The last time Stan and I... Okay, this is enough. He wants space. He doesn't want to date you. He doesn't want to fuck you. What the fuck else do you want? I mean, you can't... Look. He said multiple times, don't want to date you. He didn't fuck you. You don't, he doesn't want anything to do with you. He left you on red. Doesn't want to talk to you. Doesn't have the same feelings for you. Do you see a fucking pattern here? Stop talking to him. Leave him alone. He doesn't want to be with you. He wants to fuck other bitches. Leave him alone. This didn't get... This didn't escalate. So respect that and be done with it. You're being obsessive. Let's move on to the next one. Was it rude for me to give away the newborn-sized baby clothes my relative sent me as a, sent as a gift when my baby was seven months old? 
our son was born in uh, March of 2022. Congratulations. Within a week of him being born, my husband's aunt contacted us for what size he was. We told he would be in newborn clothes for the first couple of weeks and started moving up through sizes. In October, seven months later, we received a box from her containing a variety of zero to three months clothing. Well, that's not going to fit. By then, of course, he wasn't that size anymore, so we passed the clothes along to a friend of mine who was, who was expecting a baby soon and sent a thank you note, figuring they probably bought the clothes just after they got born, after he was born and then got delayed in sending them. Well, whose fault is that? Two weeks later, his t aunt texted us saying that she didn't see any pictures of the baby in their new clothes yet. Uh, I responded that unfortunately he'd already outgrown that size, but we found a set of expected parents to pass them along to, and they loved them. She never responded at Thanksgiving, though. A family member asked what the baby could use for Christmas and said gifts absolutely weren't expected. Uh, but if people wanted to get him anything, 12 to 18 month clothes would be appreciated. His aunt made a joke, quote joke, about how they'll fit and he'll get to wear them this time. Later, I heard her telling the relative who asked about gifts not to bother getting us baby anything as we wouldn't appreciate it and would probably just give them to someone else. When she saw me standing there, she said I would have told her the correct size so her gift could have, put the, could have been put to good use or when it wasn't the correct size. I should have returned it to her as she wanted the baby to have those clothes, not some random person's baby. I know the sizing mix-up wasn't your fault, which it, I don't think it was according to what you've written. It's unrealistic to expect someone's baby to stay the same size for seven months. Agreed. Children don't grow up so fast. But it is standard practice to return a gift that can't be used. I figured it is now our gift to use as we found appropriate, but now she kind of has the question. Uh, uh, okay. Jesus. This fucking drama is unneeded. Okay? Your, your fucking idiot aunt sent three-month clothes seven months too late. Okay? Planning ahead is key. It's like showing up to a movie on time or early. So these are the people you don't even want at your wedding. These are the people that make it all about them. They've sent you photos. They sent you pictures so they could see them in photos to make them make themselves feel validated. These are the same people that go to weddings and make it all about them. These fucking dra these drama queens and kings here. I don't think that the, the uncle even gives a shit. I think it's this aunt here is making it a big deal. I got the baby this and I got the baby that's like shut the fuck up. You're just an aunt. Be quiet. You didn't have the kid. Um, you didn't do anything wrong. You asked for clothes for at a certain size at a certain time. They never came to you, so you could yeah you could have returned them, but you gave them to somebody who's actually gonna use them. You know, it's really. I mean, unless they bought the clothes at Neiman Marcus, I would just say get over it and move on, which is what I'm gonna do. <clears throat> All right, this should be the last one. This is a pretty good one. Uh, I have been very happily married for 11 years while also happily having an affair without my husband's knowledge for 10. I'm going to re-say re, re that. I'm going to say that again. I have been very happily married for 11 years while also happily having an affair without my husband's knowledge for 10 the truth is it doesn't take a web of elaborate lies to hide something if your partner doesn't push to know the hidden life you don't want to reveal. That has given me the freedom to enjoy holidays with my lover as well as my husband. Both of the men in my life are successful, handsome, and love me as I love them. And the sex is great with both of them. Of course, the women whom I consider my friends hate me for this and also think I am squandering the lives of both men and I, I am happily entangled with. The truth is they both make me feel special and happy 
and I carry that into both of my relationships. If my husband found out tomorrow that I have had a lover for the past decade, I think he would forgive me as my lover would forgive the occasional fling I have without his knowledge. I think he would forgive me as my lover would forgive the occasional fling I have without his knowledge. So there's, there's a third party here as well. <clears throat> I'm happy, but I am destined to always live under the negative judgment of other women. Hold on a second. Okay. Um, <clears throat> first of all, you told your friends and they don't approve of it. Well, no shit. Um, first of all your your marriage is a lie i'm gonna tell you right now this part right here if my husband found out tomorrow that i had a lover i've had a lover for the past decade he, i think he would forgive me um nine times out of ten that's a hard no if your husband nine times out of ten if your husband found out that you were fucking another dude for the entire length of the marriage this whole thing would be over. There would be a lawyer at the front door serving you paperwork, and this thing would be going to court. If it was provable? 100%. Yeah. I mean, is it your friend's responsibility to uh, make this known to him? Well, that's an arguable topic either way. But the... This, I mean, no. You're trash. You're you're extremely selfish. You're using two different men for your own self-gratification. And it, should it stop? Yes. I don't think it will. And I think eventually it will come to a head. You, this web of elaborate lies? No. It, it's one simple lie. Eventually he will find out and this whole thing will end. This whole thing will end. It will. Do I approve of it? Obviously you can tell by the tone of my voice that you're a shit person. And no, I don't agree with it. So... Oh well, good luck with your good luck with your future endeavors. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can email me directly through my website, positive sarcasm, at the contact page there, or you can email me directly, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. Questions, concerns, comments, posing music, movie reviews, whatever you want. No worries. Um what else? Oh, if you're looking for the audio version of this podcast, anywhere including Substack is now available for your audio download. You can also stream it directly and download it directly from my website, positivesarcasm.com. Uh, if you're looking for the video version of this podcast, it is available on facebook.com slash POS sarcasm, but I highly recommend Rumble, exclusively on Rumble, rumble.com at positive sarcasm. Go ahead and check me out there. Like, subscribe, share, donate, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. In the meantime, we are done for the day. I had to re-record this, so I'm glad I'm done. <laughs> Thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. And I'll talk to you all next week. Am I watching the big game? No, I could care less. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.